You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jaffrey. And this is Zeba Hassan. Uzma, are you wearing orange in particular for today? Uh, it wasn't only because it sort of matched my dress. There's some orange. Oh, in here, so I, I thought today was like wear orange day for like it gun. Is. Yeah, so I was yes. like, she's being so tr- strategic, and I don't <laughs> think I own anything orange. So I was like, good for Uzma. We got to get you some orange in your wardrobe, girl. But yes, for National Gun Safety Awareness. Um, I don't know if it's national, actually. It's like Moms Really Mad. I remember Mad, yes. Mothers Against mm-hmm. Drunk Driving. Well, there's moms that are against gun violence. And so um, our sisters over at Mom Network asked for everybody to wear orange this Friday to commemorate children that have been gunned down, anybody who's been gunned down unnecessarily from our epidemic gun violence in this country. So I love that you actually took the memo. Um, I could not find anything that wasn't a Halloween costume. So I uh, definitely am for the cause. And thank you so much. But Osma, like, how was your week this week? I know it's been yeah. crazy busy always for you. Uh, crazy busy, but um, strategizing giving circles. Our event is coming up, the one that you so yes. beautifully have curated. And there's a good cause associated with it. It's not St. Jude this time. It is the American Muslim Women's Giving Circle. So we encourage everybody to attend. Click on our events on Facebook, or if you're on Instagram, you can go to the link in our bio and you can register there. Yeah, I love that. And and it's so great that um, we are at a stage where we can kind of use this platform to kind of help um, others, which was always what we wanted to do from the very beginning. Like when we would start talking about it, we were like, you know, at some point we want to use this and help other people so the fact that we get to do that is a blessing every single day so yeah the tm super excited about it because we are going to be talking how it's going to be structured how it's going to work how it's sustainable giving um so you know i have a lot of people that are like oh we got the invitation but we're so curious about what this is about guess what everybody you're going to find out we're not going to we're not going to hold it over your head anymore so come make sure you register um, and hopefully, inshallah, we will see you then. But I know we have a very fun, kind of not as um, dramatic of a soapbox for today. So I'm really excited about this one, Uzma. What is our soapbox for today? So um, we talked last week about traveling to D.C. And I got to tell you, um, going there obviously was really important and really special but I was scared out of my mind. I have had two negative COVID tests since then and I'm fully vaccinated but know that there is a percentage of fully vaccinated people who are getting infected so that's why I decided on the soapbox for today we're going to talk about the CDC guidelines for domestic travel right now. So when you've been fully vaccinated um, according to the CDC you can resume prior activities but you must continue to wear a mask where it's mandated to wear a mask so don't go into shop that say mask required and don't wear a mask unless you're planning on bringing a copy of your vaccination card. That's just bad manners. Um, But uh, two weeks after your final dose, you are considered immunized and you can travel, but it is a federal mandate to wear your masks in all airports in the United States Mm -hmm. and on most commercial flights. Do not be 
one of those 300 people who have been filmed taking their masks off and not listening to flight attendants or punching out flight attendants who say, put your mask back on. They were really, really um, particular on the airline that I was on. Even if you remove your mask a little bit to take a sip, they were like, between sips, you better be covering up your face. And you can bet they were telling everybody, including anybody over the age of one, to put their masks on. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a little bit interesting. There was a mom that was stopped on the gangway. I don't know if you call it a gangway getting on a plane. My sister and I had this discussion. We were like, gangplank is for boats. We don't know what it is for the plane. But they pulled a toddler and her mom aside because the little girl was not having it. She was not putting the mask on. And they said, we're not going to let you board. So the mom is over there. I'll give you candy. I'll give you anything. And I was so sad because I really wished I had candy to give her. Um, I'm going to go back and tell you what the recommendations are. If you're not vaccinated, before you travel, get the viral test one to three days before your trip. Wear a mask as required at the airport and on the plane. Avoid crowds and stay six feet away from everybody. So social distancing for you unvaccinated folks is still really, really important. Um, I will tell you that if you travel on any... um, busy holidays. I traveled on a long weekend. It was crazy packed and there was no way to be six feet away from anybody. And once you're on the plane, there is absolutely no way to be six feet away from anybody because they are packing us like sardines on those flights. After you travel, this is important, get tested with a viral test three to five days after because it's going to take about that long for you to incubate with the coronavirus if you've got it. If you test negative, stay home and self-quarantine for a full seven days. If you test positive, isolate for your two weeks. Um, If you don't get tested, stay home for 10 days and avoid being around people. Do not travel, get your groceries delivered, um, do all of that. Um, Definitely avoid people who are at high risk. So if they have chronic illnesses or if they're, um, I guess that would be the only one, chronic illnesses Mm -hmm. or if they're immunocompromised in some way, stay away from them, uh, monitor your symptoms very carefully. So those are the CDC guidelines for fully vaccinated and unvaccinated folks for domestic travel. For international travel, you're going to have to get your PCR. Um, for people arriving to the United States, it's different. But typically for other countries, when we're going, we need to have a negative PCR before we get to the airport because they will not let you get on that flight guaranteed. But check with your international airlines before you get on. And that's our soapbox for today. Safe travel, everyone. Oh my gosh, who doesn't miss traveling this past year, but even all of what you were explaining about the sar packing on sardines and all of that, ooh, may stressing me out, but you know, I really am, it's scary, but I'm, I'm missing about like going away and um, taking a break in routine and learning new things and cultures and meeting new people. Like I am, I meet random people every place we go that I'm still like Facebook friends with. And you know how I am. I just start chit chatting yep. with everybody and I'm like, let's be friends. Um, but you know, I enjoy that and I miss that about traveling, which is why this month's series, like expat moms, like is really exciting for me. And these are moms who have literally up leveled their travel by extending their stays. And sometimes guys permanently, can you believe this? They chose to leave the United States of America and raise their kids abroad, which, you know, back in the 19th, 18th century was super glamorous, only reserved for the, the um, elite upper class people. Cause you remember, you know, our favorite book is little women. Joe March got jilted by Lori. Aunt March. 
And Amy got to go abroad instead of her. Are you kidding me? And we're still not over it. But our first mama likes to be called an immigrant, which is pretty un-American already. But we absolutely love it. Amanda Mutaki is Maroc Mama, curator of her fabulous travel blog and IG page who immigrated. She immigrated to the Morocco years ago and not only teaches a course on how to you could do the same thing because who doesn't want to go to Morocco. Let me just tell you that right now. She runs personal food tours in Marrakesh. We are so excited to hear all about her experiences and live vicariously through her today (laughs) because I'm excited. I'm just going to, my only travel this summer is to finally see my family after two years. And that is in Chicago, not in Morocco. So Amanda, please take us to Marrakesh. Welcome. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You made it sound so scary. And now I'm like, no, it's easy. Just come on. You all can do it. Yes. We're, we're big chickens. So we're going to live vicariously through you. And your job is to convert us into wanting to move to Morocco mm-hmm. by the end of the hour. So we hope that happens. It, okay. Not to us, that to somebody else. I am game. I would go today if I could. Um, so we usually kick off by asking our guests to tell us their mom's story and their momming philosophy. Okay, my mom's story. Well, I am a mother. I have three children. I have three boys. They are 17, 14, and 3. So oh, they- <laughs> that's a big age difference, lady, right very, there. Yes, it's a very big age gap. Um, my husband and I got married when, when we were quite, quite, we were babies, honestly. Like, now my Aww. son, my oldest son, the older he gets, I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. You're not getting um, married. <laughs> What were we thinking? Um, so, yeah, so we, we started our family really early. And then our plan was always we were just going to have our two our two guys. They were both kind of surprises, and um, which is funny. Our first two were surprises. Our last one was not. That's uh, fun. I always, that's I always say that. Yeah, that's how it was for me. I'm like, my first two were, oops. But then my third, everyone thinks he was the one that was... And I'm like, no, he was the only one actually planned, which is why all my kids think he's my favorite. Yeah, I bet my boys would say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What are you going to do? I know it's fine. It's okay. I'm okay with it. So, I mean, I think that talks a lot about my philosophy. Like I am a non, I am the opposite of a helicopter mom. I am very laid back. My husband has been very involved with raising our kids. Um, we're definitely a team. We are, we, you know, we run our business together. Um, we just, you know, I, I think we're just not the stereotype of what people think or assume. I travel a lot for work. Um, and he's the one that's, that, that takes care of our kids when, when I'm, when I'm traveling. So I think that that's very different for than in a lot of mm-hmm. situations. Um, and I'm okay with it. Like, I'm totally fine with being that kind of mom. Like I was never going to be a stay at home mom, like ever, like ever, ever. (laughs) It was not in the plan. Um, and I'm, and, and I love it and I love it. So we make it work. I love that. I love that. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your Mm -hmm. family background and your love of travel? Because that story is in some of your social media stuff, but for people who aren't familiar with Moroc Mama. Sure. So I actually did not grow up Muslim. I don't come from a Muslim family. My mom says the first Muslim she met was me, um, Mm -hmm. which is probably true. Um, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So now I live in Marrakesh. So basically like night and day. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, wow, what a difference. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I grew up very, very different. Um, I also just never felt like I fit. And I think that that's, mm. I used to, I, I love to read. We did travel some, but like not, not a ton growing up, you know, we, we're your average middle-class family. Um, and I just loved reading and I would you know, want to go and see all of these places, like all these places. I just was like, I have to see them. I have to know what this place is. Um, and then as soon as I was old enough to do it, the summer after I graduated from high school, I was like, I'm going to move to Germany for the summer. Okay. Um, <laughs> my parents were like, what? I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go to language school and it'll be good. And fine. And they were like, okay. Like I, Thankfully, my parents always let me be very independent and make my own choices. And mm. they really supported me in doing that. And that's kind of also been my philosophy with my kids. Um, so I did. So I went to Germany, had it was a good time, came home, went to college, and then I met my husband uh, in Morocco. And, yeah. that, <laughs> and then you're so I was saying you, you met your husband and there's always the before that right in the life after so why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about when you met your husband and then you guys were married I want to say for about 10 years right before you actually ended up leaving so let's talk a little bit about meeting your husband um, and then deciding after literally a decade to then uproot and up level your your family to a totally different country sure so my husband is Moroccan um, I met him in Morocco. I met him in Marrakesh. I was here on vacation with my dad and my younger sister. Um, mm. And I was 19. And it was Why really does that happen to, like, do you know how much I strategize this? I used to get full on dressed up at the airport waiting for something like this. I'm traveling Books, with my parents. And then, and I, and then with have, a book, and then she yes. looks up over the book and, and her eyes though. meet across the, the yeah. The birds fly. Never happened. Because <laughs> you were Dang looking it. for it. You were it. so living vicariously looking- for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was not looking for anything. Um, it was really like he started walking next to me. I mean, there's a whole backstory. It's on my blog, but there's a whole backstory. Basically, I turned, I looked at him. The first thing I thought was, you're going to marry this guy. That's the first thing that came in my head. And I was like, that's stupid. Don't think like that. Like, push it out of my head. Uh, And then, you know, here we are, almost like almost 20 years we've been married. So, I mean, it happened. Uh, I wasn't Muslim then. I I don't know. I I think we just thought it was like a vacation thing. But we ended Mm -hmm. up staying in touch. And I I came back to visit. And he proposed. And then it all went really fast. And we started talking more. He didn't, um, he didn't want to come to the U S but it was really important for me that I finished school. Like I was not going to quit school. So I was like, okay, either you wait for me to finish university or you come to the U S and he was like, eh, okay. So he was actually a 90 day fiance. Yes. He was a legit, before not a for the show, everybody before the show. Amanda did it first. The OGG. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so then he came, we, and and that's when I ended up converting. So that's how my Muslim story comes into this. So we wanted to raise our kids with a combined background. Um, Yeah. And after that, we lived in the U.S. So all of the immigration stuff, all of the adjusting to life of going through university, we had our kids like immediately um, not planned. (laughs) Don't recommend 10 out of 10. Don't recommend uh, going that route. Um, 
Yeah. And then we, I think we always had it that he never wanted to live in the U S like his dream is always like, okay, this is a very temporary thing. And as time passed, I think he sort of adjusted and he was like, it's okay. It's okay. But I too was always like, I just don't see myself living here. And it wasn't necessarily, yeah, I, it was never necessarily like let's move to Morocco, but it was just always, I don't feel like I want to spend my whole life living in the U S. Um, and I mean, Morocco made sense obviously because his family was here. Uh, and our other big hurdle and the main, the number one reason why we moved was we wanted our kids to speak Arabic. Like our kids mm-hmm. couldn't talk to their grandparents. They couldn't talk to his family. There was no, like that was really, really hard. Um, and so we thought we're going to go for one year. Like that was the initial plan. Like we're going to, we put all of our things in storage. We got rid of, we, we were only renting an apartment. So we, you know, gave up our lease. We moved, you know, the basic things we'd need over here. We decided we'll live with family so that it was not like this big and, you know, big investment, this big thing. We'll just do it in a year. It'll be fine. But then like six months into the year, we realized either we were very naive with how easy it was to learn Arabic or our kids just (laughs) weren't (laughs) catching on to it. (laughs) Yeah. So we're like, okay, I think we have to stay longer. Um, and I should say they were learning Arabic and French because schools here mm-hmm. are all bilingual. Yeah. So they were learning two new languages. Um, but they were six and eight at the time. And so we said, okay, we'll stay another year. And then another, then we started our business and another year turned for another year. And then, you know, I think by year four, we were like, yeah, I think we're, I think we're just living here. I think this um, is permanent. I yeah. mean, while you're stuck in storage, where's that? Yeah. So like, I'm trying to remember if it was after year two or after year three that we just like got rid of it all. We just like went back mm-hmm. one summer and, and cleared out and got rid of it all. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. What I find interesting is your feeling as an American who was born and raised here, how you never wanted to live here. Was there like any political reason or was it some kind of, do you feel like there was some divine inspiration to just travel and see the world and get to know it? You know, I think I've always just been very, uh, where I come from, I always say people either never leave or they leave and never go back. Right. Um, and I always kind of fell into that latter category. <laughs> uh, like I was like probably from the age of 10, I can remember being like, I got to get out of here. Like I need to go. Like this is not oh. for me. I need to go. Like I never felt like it was it never fit for me. Um, and I have always loved like I just love different people and I love different cultures and I love different food. And I, you know, I dreamed about all of these places and I just needed to go see them and experience them I don't think that there was like this idea in my head like I need to move to Morocco and I need to have this completely different life-changing situation um but yeah I, I think it was always there like I always dreamed of being like in the foreign service or working for you know one of those kinds of jobs where I was traveling or a helicopter pilot or you know something a little crazy and out there um so I guess a paratrooper. Let's just keep adding, adding that in there. These are I all jobs that. that were never opportunities for us. They were yes. never possibilities for yeah. us. Even though we we're born and raised here as well, it's just growing up in the culture that we did. It was yeah. like, why would you go be a diplomat? Why would you go be in the foreign? Yeah, that right. wasn't possible. Um, but neither was leaving the country at age 18 and go live on your own anywhere. So, right. like, again, you know, living vicariously, living vicariously, love it. So happy for you. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Can you just, um, for our audience's benefit, tell them how many different countries you visited? I've been in 50. Oh, That's wow. Insane. Yeah. 50, insane. We just was 50 right before COVID happened. 
in January with my 50th country. So. Oh, so you were able to fit that in. And then, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like how has COVID for somebody <sighs> who loves to travel, it sounds like, and you guys are truly gl- a global family. How mm-hmm. has COVID put a little bit of a damper you know, in that and to how are you guys, we were just talking about the CDC guidelines and that changing a little bit at the beginning of the show. How are you guys going to, you know, make an adjustment perhaps? And what's the next, the 51st country on your list to visit? Ooh, good one. Um, it's been huge. I mean, like I went from traveling two to three times a month on, on average to not leaving the house. Wow. So I mean, really, like I, I usually was gone like half of every month, um, you know, between different trips. So that's been a huge, huge, huge change. Um, also, our business was like completely reliant on tourism. So right. we basically have not had business for 16 months now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's been it's been that's been really, really rough. And then my website is also very heavily trafficked dependent and ads and whatnot on travel. So that also took a severe hit. So it's just like hit, mm-hmm. hit, 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 hit. Um, you know, we had a very long ish and harsh lockdown in Morocco. So mm-hmm. um, mid March, when we went into our lockdown, we were literally inside the house for 109 days. Like we weren't oh allowed to go gosh. outside. Yeah. We, only one person in the family was allowed to go outside and you had to have a permission slip and, um, yeah, so me and the kids, we have a roof, alhamdulillah, but otherwise we, we didn't leave the house till like mid-July. Oh my goodness. From March. Yeah, it was a long, long haul. We're over here complaining about masks. Doesn't that make I you know. angry? <laughs> <laughs> You're we, violating my civil rights. Oh my God. It, it was a little rough to watch from the outside to be like, what are you talking sure. about? <laughs> <laughs> we have here. Oh my God, it's insane. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it is. It's okay. I made peace with it. We went through it. It was a good experience. I actually, like for somebody who's never really stayed home with my kids. um, Yeah, that that must have been very different. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, it made me absolutely mad um, and, you know, crazy mad. And in some ways, um, you know, it it was just really good. Like I learned a lot about them. and, And, you know, we we made the best of it. Right. Like we just we did what we could and made the best of it. Um. But yeah, it's hard here. Uh, I would say though, in Morocco now, it feels like I'm trying, I keep trying to remind myself of what normal felt like. And I don't know if I remember what it completely felt like before. How normal Uh, feels so weird. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I like to say like, oh yeah, it's basically back to normal. But I'm like, is it really? Like, was this really normal? Um, but overall, yeah, things are opening up again. Uh, we do still have some travel bans in place, but the U S is not one of them. So Americans can come and visit. You're welcome. Uh, just get your, your PCR test. I had a friend that's so funny that she was in Morocco at the time of the lockdown and she could not come home. She got stuck. Yeah. And she got stuck and had to go to like the consulate and all that to kind of get her out and come back home. But it was like a big to it was like a big to do. It was very stressful for them. So that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. When the lockdown happened, it happened very extremely fast and very forcefully within a matter of days. There were a lot of people, a lot of people that got stuck here. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, thankfully now I feel like maybe it won't happen. I mean, like, I feel like they've gotten their act together a little bit more. Might have been a little premature of a decision. I don't know. I'm not in the government to make the decisions. But, You're like, it's um, not my job. <laughs> that's not that's above my pay grade. Uh, I would do it for them, though. They just need to hire me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so America, the U.S. is open. Europe is not. A lot of European borders are closed. Yeah. So hopefully um, they keep extending our state of emergency on the 10th of the month is like when they reassess how the next month will look. So people are very hopeful that with the next one, they'll loosen restrictions because tourism is a huge industry here. And there has been very little support, financial support, you know, from the government and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And yes, COVID was very hard and bad. And unfortunately, yes, there were people that died, although not to the same degree as in some other countries um, because of the the firm things in place, I think. Um, But the economic the economic effects are far more devastating, sadly, than, than the health effects, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, may Allah make it easy for all of us. And, you know, my plan was to be in Morocco last summer, but, you know, Allah had different plans, obviously. But now I know who I'm going to call when I get there. I do, you know, I do want to say that one of my dear, dear friends, like, took me there, or really, she was going to go see her family. And I was like, oh, I'm coming too. I just invited myself <laughs> and my family. <laughs> like, we're all just staying with you and you're going to show us everything because there is a beauty seeing it, you know, from the locals' perspective and the things that Absolutely. they show you. And I just, maybe it was that, that very personal interaction right. with the country that made us fall in love with it. And my kids still talk about it. I'm like, when can we go back? Um, but I, I know that inviting myself to her house was probably inappropriate but i did it anyway now i have but you. now we could yeah i was gonna say now Just we can invite ourselves now. to amanda's house yeah, now i'm gonna invite myself to your house so that will be great and you have a bit this is your business and i am happy to support tourism in morocco um i did want to point out that i i looked up because i had heard you know you hear rumors about people being born and raised in the united states and never having a passport and i've actually met a lot of those people i live uh-huh. in arizona there are people who exist without a passport. And we just recently expedited ours. I'm not sure why, but my husband was like, our passport's expired. We have to get them renewed right now. Like, We're not going anywhere. Why? And he's like, no, you never know. In case, because we, I think he has a travel bug as well. Okay. But I looked it up and 42% of Americans actually have passports, which is a lot higher than I thought. Yes. But I wanted to know your perspective as somebody who lived here and now has moved abroad. Um, what do you say to people who have never left the United States? Because I didn't look up that statistic yet. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. And I'm sure that if they have left of those 42%, I wonder how many are like they went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, you know, I think for me, I, I've always felt like travel is one of the best things that you can possibly spend any type of money on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just, you get so much value from it, whether it's like, it's not necessarily like an intrinsic value, like here's a thing that you get, but it like affects you for the rest of your life. So example, right before COVID, the year before COVID, my grandparents came to visit us. Now my grandparents are in their seventies and Mm eighties and they had never left the U S they had never had a passport. They'd never been on a plane for that long. Like, but they wanted to come here and see where we lived. And my, I mean, like it completely changed their lives and, and they're like 
78 years old and live in rural Michigan, right? So then they go back and then they're like, oh, yeah. You know, then they talk about, oh, yeah, when we were in Morocco and we did this. Exactly. It just has this whole, like, trickle-down effect. And my grandpa was, like, in the sawmill with the carpenter where they can't speak the same language, but they're, like, building something for my kids. And, like, yeah, it was just, like, it's just an I just, it's such an amazing experience that, to me, I think, to not take that experience, to not want to or not put the effort to see another part of like this globe that we live on is such a missed opportunity. And I also think a problem that I see with a lot of Americans is they assume it's a lot more expensive than it is. Like most Americans are like, Oh, if I want to go on overseas, that's like a $20,000 trip. And I'm like, no, like you can do it for so, so, so much less. Um, you know, it just takes, a, you know, it does take a little more effort. But I'm like, if you can drop eight grand on going to Disney World, you can go to you could go to Paris for four. So, yeah, <laughs> like, maybe not right now. Yeah. Maybe not right yeah, now to Paris. But no, we're, yeah. we'll talk about that on Uzma Soapbox on another day. But <laughs> we'll talk about that on another day. Yeah, but I, I definitely hear you. And I tell my like when people it's funny because when I um, close my eyes, like, you know, when I'm meditating and things like that, I always think what's my happy place and my happy place is in different places. And what, when I, I am very much looking forward to not because I don't love my kids. Everybody that's listen knows I adore and love every, even their little stinky, gross feet, love them. But at some point I'm excited about the possibility. Cause I like you, Amanda had them super young. So I'm like getting excited about getting them out the door. And I want to join like a Muslim equivalent of like the peace corps and, you know, and just travel and help people and then go and visit my grandkids when, I'm not traveling the world and doing things because I just feel like I don't want to be tied to a house or to a, to a jail. Like for me, that feels like I would be tied to um, a jail cell, you know? So like the fact that you're, you're talking about opening your experiences and you, even if you don't have the same language, like through the commonality of human spirit, we can really truly connect to another culture and what a blessing that is. Um, I don't even know what my question was, but I just had to share that. But my, my question to you from a mom, like truly, because part of the reason why I want to wait to travel is the whole concept of the school and, you know, this kid's schooling and the education and all that. But like, do you find that your kids are going to pull a U, but in the reverse, like they're going to leave Morocco and be like, I want to go to rural Michigan one day and, you know, go to school, U, U of M and bye mama, I'll see you later. So how is, yeah, how, how is that now that you're, you're getting to that age where your kids are about to start, you know, leaving the nest? Do you find that they're going to leave, leave the nest and go, back um this way or or travel a little bit closer to where you guys are at oh they're gone they're so gone like we are doing college Mm. visits this summer um with my oldest and he he has zero desire to stay here he's going back to the u.s he's yeah okay like he yeah he's done he's like i'm out i'm out bye um see he's like see you later is it like an independence thing or is it the i want to pursue the education over there or what do you think i think that for him, it's an identity thing. And I think mm-hmm. that for both of my kids, I don't know about the little one yet because we're still working on words, but the older ones, um, they really struggle with where they fit and what yeah. they are 
And yes. if you ask them, they, they have that problem being biracial anyway, right? As yeah. as having being half Moroccan, half quote unquote American, yeah. having a national, they're definitely in that unique middle. Trust me, I've been there because <laughs> I still deal with that in my 40s. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. So you're telling me it's not going to get any Sorry. better. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. <laughs> You come to terms with it eventually, right? Oh, but you come to terms with it. You just come to terms with it. You're always going to have your foot in multiple worlds. And you start embracing yourself for who you are, regardless of not actually fitting in anywhere. Because you truly just don't really fit in anywhere, you know? And that's okay. Yeah. Intersectionality is a gift now, though, right? It is. Yeah. I just don't want it to all be my fault. Like, I'll be happy when it's not all my fault anymore. (laughs) Because that's what they like. It's your it's your fault. You brought us here. You did this. You did this to me. Yeah. Um. But so yes. Anyway, he is going back. His plan is he wants to go to the U.S. My fourteen year old. He's not really sure, but he's talking about maybe going to Canada. I don't know. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they both have you know the French and Arabic education. Mm-hmm. So so the Quebec and everything, and like yeah, they're definitely so, more so like Montreal, French. Canada is not. Yeah, like, Mon- yeah. And he's got quite a few friends that 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 um, are from there. So yeah, they're both planning to leave us, which puts us in a bit of a precarious like now what sort of thing. Um, I, again, I don't feel like I would ever be happy living in the U.S. full time again. Not mm-hmm. to mention, I'm not sure how we'd afford health insurance because that just gives me paralysis to think about um so i don't know we've talked about maybe we do like a six month in six month out thing or i don't know it's like such a new stage of life where i'm like it's fine let them have their wings let them go but their dad is like a very typical arab dad that's like no they can live with us forever and never leave yes like no their wives can move in and i'm like you married the wrong girl for that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Going back to what Zeba said about her happy place. And for both of us, our happy place is in the company of other women. Sure. As Mm -hmm. much as we love our children, as much as we love our husbands, Mm -hmm. we really feel like the most growth we have is in the company of other women. So can you talk about the upcoming women's trip that you're organizing? Yeah, Ooh, so and can started, we sign up? Because this yeah. is making me excited. Absolutely. She doesn't know about it yet. So. I don't know, but like, do you see my surprise face? Like, why are you dropping this on me right now? Because <laughs> I wanted to see your surprise face. I know. Uh, okay, so momcations. They're called momcations. I started this idea, like, the first one I did was in November 20. 19. Gosh, where does the time go? So the first one was in November of 2019. And my whole idea behind it was it was after I had my youngest. And I actually kind of forgot what it was like to have a small child and travel. And so like, as Mm -hmm. I was going about and doing my work and whatnot, people were like, Oh, wow, well, like, who's watching your kid? And like, (laughs) how do you do this? And like, I just got all this feedback. And so much from other moms who were like, Oh, I've never had a vacation. Like I go on I travel and I go on a trip. And it's just like, life, but in a different place. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I'm still the one that's organizing and doing everything and you know it never is really a vacation and so I'm like no this has to we have to fix this so the idea is you come to Marrakesh for a week we plan I plan an individual itinerary with each mom 
Um, they get to figure out what they want to do. You want breakfast in bed. Okay, we got that. You get presents, you get flowers, you get, you know, basically you get spoiled for a week where, you know, we figure out everything, you know, I do the surprises and the spoiling of you, but we work on your itinerary together. So like, if you want to go on a hot air balloon, we can do that. If you want to go ride a sidecar through the desert, we can do that. Um, whatever, like literally the sky is within reason the limit (laughs) um and you get your own room and yeah it's just like I like it's my way of like yes it's a business but at the same time it's like I want moms to have this experience I want you if you've never done it like I had moms that had never left their kids and I was like nope I'm gonna make this easy for you come here I'll take care of you we'll work through this stuff with your kids like if it's sad and it's heartbreaking and you need to like cry and vent and be sad about it like we'll work on that but like, I'm going to give you a like safe space and a little bit of a cushion to just like, remember who you were before you had kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. I'm like, where were you? Well, guess what? I'm now at a stage where I'm like, I I just, I'm planning my first (laughs) trip away, really. And so I'm like, oh my God, I am. October 2019 was the first time in 20 years they've ever left her children. Ever left my children. Yeah. And that was for a weekend, right? It was (laughs) for two days. Was it two days? It was two days. Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half days. So she really needs this. I really need this. That's why I think she didn't want to tell me because now I'm like, see you later, suckers. My bags are already packed and my passport is ready. So I am excited about this. So one of the interesting things that I saw on Morocco Mama website was um, that gift certificates are available. Mm. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your gift certificates and the food tours as well? Yeah. So our our main business is food tours. So my whole idea behind why we started doing the food tours was if you come to Marrakesh, you only speak English, you're at a disadvantage. Right. right. You just are. Um, especially if you want to eat local stuff, local food. So we if they don't speak Arabic or if they do, if, if you don't speak Arabic and you also don't speak French, cause that's going to yeah. be everybody's fallback. Like you're pretty screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of the places that you'd go to, like maybe you wouldn't think they were a restaurant or they don't have a menu or whatever. So I got really tired and I couldn't tell people where to go. Right. Like, if you've not been to Marrakesh, just like imagine a mouse maze oh, <laughs> with like terrible. streets. Like and finding like, that guy who does yeah. that salted lamb underground, like finding yeah. him is insane. And it's literally, there's no address. <laughs> you right. have there's to go no around several different corners. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we said, okay, we could do this. We will take people to these places. Like we'll just like, we also didn't have the money to start like a big business. So we're like, this is a low capital thing. We can do this. It's something we love. We get to meet people from all over the world and we'll do this. So we find places. We take people on this tour to places that my mom would never walk in, but my mother-in-law would go and eat there. That's always been our criteria for oh, the places that I we I love stay. that. Um, yeah. And then that's, that's, that's what we do. So we have evening food tours and now we're adding a whole bunch of new things that will start in September um, like we're just going tomorrow to a local cooperative of ladies outside Marrakesh that do goat cheese, like all kinds of goat cheeses they make. Um, yeah, so it's our way to support really super local businesses. Make sure you eat great when you're here. You leave with having had at least one amazing meal. And there's no tagine on our food tours, which is like the dish of Morocco. Yeah, that is it's the all, dish of Morocco. It's I wouldn't leave Morocco dishes. without at least six different tagines. I'm just telling you now. Well, you so can go have them. them. You can go yeah, have them okay. all, and I'll just show you everything else that's not a tagine that's never on the menus. I um, gained 11 pounds in 10 days. Just 
<laughs> and my Jessie. stomach is growling just talking about all this food because I can't eat anything right <laughs> now with my darn diet. But no, I definitely, I, I'm in. It was my winter. Are we doing this? And can we book it this year, Amanda? Oh so yes. The first, the first momcation is the first week in October. I have one spot left for October. Oh, um, I know. And the next one is in March. But I mean, maybe you want to do a mommy and well Muslim one. I mean, we could do, we could put together a trip that would be for you guys. And like, I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to put that at, yeah, we're going to go. Yeah. Mommy well Muslim goes international ladies. Okay. We are are internationals. That's true. That's true. Well, we are super excited um, for all of that. And I just cannot wait to eat some of the apparently and gain 11 the 11 pounds that i just lost so let me just gain that it right back like when i go back to morocco with Amanda. i'm super excited yeah that would be awesome i did want to um share this quote that you've got on your website because i hadn't heard it and then i had to look it up and i'm in love with it so uh, i'm going to share it with the audience now never did the world ma- never did the world make a queen of a girl who hides in houses and dreams without traveling and that's from The Wanderers by Roman Payne. And I almost wept. When, once I looked it up, I was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Can you tell us why you chose that quote? So that is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. And I feel like it's kind of, I don't even remember how I found the book to begin with. I'm an avid reader, but I don't remember how I even came across that book. It's written in such an interesting style. It has so many quotes like that in it that are just like, stop you. And that's hard to, for me to find in books. Um, and, you know, it just really hit home to me. I was like, it's me. Like, it's me. And that's how I feel like, you know, especially for women. Like, I don't know. It just it, it just resonates so deep inside me and, like, my life experience that um, it just really – I have it actually hanging on my wall. So, <laughs> Reading that. your blog, this is completely you. So if anybody hasn't read um, Roke Mama, her blog um, on there – that quote, like, literally now, I'll uh, any time I think of you, I have to think about this, and vice versa, because it's just, it's just that beautiful. And I am so so glad that you are living the life that you decided to live, and you curated mm-hmm. it yourself. Like, you were brave enough to say, "This is what I want, and this is what I'm going to do," and these are all the um, ways that I'm going to make it successful, including establishing a brand new business out of nothing. Like that's incredible. And the showcasing that you do of, um, like you said, local, uh, growers and artisans. I mean, I just think it's so beautiful because I've had a little bit of the experience that you have in 10 days. Um, and I was so blown away. Like, oh, my God, these women's cooperatives, like there's a whole world out there outside of America where women are working together Mm. (laughs) and support each other. Like, I wish we could do that here. We're trying and we're we're calling it Momming While Muslim. That is what we're trying (laughs) to do. And showcasing wonderful people like you who we will continue to live vicariously through. And, you know, yeah, if you move back to the United States, I would be really heartbroken. Oh, no pressure. Okay, I'm going to pass it on. I know, right? I cannot do it now. We can absolutely cannot do it now. You can't do it we now. Do, not until we have our, our momcation. Okay, no, not until sure. we have our no, momcation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can for do sure. whatever you want. You're free. But we have this segment right now where we call Rapid Fire, where I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions really quickly in a minute. Okay. okay. And you have to try to answer what's the first thing that comes 
in your mind. Are you ready, Amanda? Yes. Ready. Okay, what is your hidden talent? Uh, I can really read people very well. Oh, I love that. If someone were to play you in a movie, who would that someone be? Drew Barrymore. Ooh, I love I, I can it. totally see that. Yes. What's the <laughs> one thing that your mom or your dad taught you that completely changed the course of your life? I don't care what you believe as long as you believe in something. Oh, I love that. So what was the last text you sent into who? As long as it's G rated, okay, what is it? I sent it to my friend Sarah and I said my husband is still in fork prison. Oh <laughs> no. If you hold up a fork like this in front of somebody's face, it looks like they're <laughs> I love that. Um, what's the one thing about you that really surprises people other than, you know, living abroad? I speak Arabic. Ooh, I love that. And we got it done in a minute, Joe. I'm so excited about that. Amanda, we are so excited and feel so blessed. I am totally, you. you know, you're one of my girl crushes. I'm fangirling over here because I've been following you for a long time. Like, I can't wait to talk to her and find out mm-hmm. all about how I can come and crash at her place. Um, but for those people, <laughs> no, on, the doors I'm totally <laughs> just rent me a really cool Riyadh. I'll be fine. Um, okay, you got it. You got so it. For People who are not going to look up our show notes, which are very excellent, by the way, uh, you know, patting myself on the back, we're going to show you where to find um, Maroc Mama, Amanda. And so it's at Maroc, M-A-R-O-C, Mama on Instagram. And then it's the same thing, MarocMama.com for her amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope your website's won like 12 different trophies because it is an amazing website, mashallah, oh, with the yeah. blog, the guides, there's so many resources. So even if you are not cool enough to look her up, like she's got everything right there for you, including a course on how to become an expat. Yes. Yeah. If you want to move overseas with your kids, that's it's what the course is about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she I want to come on a food tour. It's there too, but it's the food tour is called Mar- Marrakesh food tours. Yeah, and the link is on that website, so definitely sign up. I know when I'm going back to Morocco, inshallah, that's like number two on my list. Once we get our passports back and our kids are vaccinated, it's like Turkey and Morocco. And if we could do them at once, that would be amazing. And I will gain 20 pounds, no doubt, on that trip. (laughs) And I will be happy about it. Like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to cry. So thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to tell our audience, Amanda? No, thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for staying up late for us. We really appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> All right. Slowly <laughs> go, everybody. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzman Mommy While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show, as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice, because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy Wall Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.